Hey friends, it is Eric Hulkerin and another episode of the Everything is Marketing podcast. This time around, it will be Ann Drummond and Ann Cook as this year we're trying to work in more experts in the field talking about different aspects of marketing overall. So today, we're going to be talking about digital spend, digital ad spend, media spend versus consumer consumption. I hope you dig it. It's a fun podcast. This is the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. So thanks for joining us for today's Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Ann Drummond. I am the Director of Creative Advertising Sales here at MLive Media Group. And I have with me Ann Cook. I am a social media strategist at MLive Media Group. And together we are something of a, a podcast of Ann's today. We didn't really anticipate that, but somehow our skill sets are, are going to be complementary for our discussion today. For those of you who have long been listening to Eric Hultgren, uh, he is definitely producing this podcast on our behalf. Uh, so we are very grateful for him, and he has not disappeared. He's just simply behind the scenes today. Let's set up our discussion, Anne, and talk a little bit about uh, what we're here to discuss. Okay. So um, what we're planning on talking about today is something that really should, um, really, frankly, is facing all of our clients and many of those that we talk to who are not our clients, who are just asking us questions, right, day to day. And this is really around... Uh, television and video, and perhaps more specifically, what is being spent in the market in those mediums versus how those kinds of mediums are being consumed. Uh, we did a blog, mlivemediagroup.com. That blog is all about marketing spend versus the consumption, and we're going to reference that and some things that it says a couple of times today. So uh, if you have an opportunity and you're listening, check that out. Really, the, the start of our conversation is around the purpose of television and thoughts on the purpose of TV in today's marketing strategy. Well, as you're like focused through the year on Super Bowl or the Grammys or the Oscars or whatever the big TV event is, you see so much focus on TV ads and you're really seeing them a lot from these national brands, these kind of big money places that um, can Bud Light, Budweiser can put mm -hmm. out a lot of content. Um, Brands that can afford to put a big star in their ad. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The NFL ad this year that had like every football player ever. That cake was magnificent. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> there was a lot going on there and I'm was. sure it cost a fortune, but um, you're not seeing as much from these local mom and pop shops or even some of your like regionally specific marketing efforts. And while we recognize that mom and pops probably can't afford to place an ad during the Super Bowl, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about broadcast media, so television, even in a local market. Absolutely. Right? So mom and pops and, and those big money players, they're definitely approaching television differently. But mom and pops are kind of comparing themselves to the big guy, right? It's and a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. Like, let's keep up. Let's do something. Everyone wants a viral video type ad. You know, you watch the Super Bowl and everyone's tweeting and Facebooking about what the most entertaining ad was. It's really easy to see like a huge brand lift off of just a hashtag for Dilly Dilly with Bud Light or something like that is all of a sudden a cultural phenomenon. And a lot of these local places <laughs> feel the need to compete with something like that. 
Not to mention that there are most of us who can harken back to our childhood and sing that jingle that was on during Saturday morning cartoons, right? Mm -hmm. So that was the local mom and pop shop that was buying a, a television commercial, and it was really successful. It had a slogan or a jingle or something that stuck in your head, and it really hung with you. Yeah, they're memorable. I mean, it, TV really is so much about most of the senses. Um, I guess not <laughs> smell, but, you know, so much of it is, you know, that jingle, that person's face where, you know, you see it later on a billboard or in a print ad or, you know, on their website, and it, you're really taken back. It's amazing what sticks in your head from just a sound or a voice. Absolutely. But you're actually describing that it's the frequency model. It's seeing them again later in print or seeing them again later in digital or seeing them again later, you know, perhaps on the radio or on a billboard. Mm -hmm. Some of these tactics really support and amplify the effectiveness of a television ad or a broadcast piece. And is there really room in your budget now for producing a 30 or a 60 second commercial and hoping that your audience is going to see it? on television. Some of the things that we want to talk about today are really how the market is still buying broadcast TV. Your big name brands are still purchasing those those big dollars kind of kind of clients are still purchasing on television. But are they getting the bang for their buck that they believe themselves to be getting? And how do we treat video, because we all know that video performs extremely well and gives you that you know, whole sensory experience that you were talking about before, how does video placed effectively do more for you than perhaps broadcast TV? Tell us a little bit about your experience. You are such, your expertise really is social media. Talk yep. to us a little bit about your expertise there, your, your experience with some of our bigger and perhaps smaller clients. Yeah, it's amazing. The nice thing about social is, we can work for Nike and the huge companies or we can work for, you know, the, the small local companies. The budget is incredibly flexible on social, which allows us to take a video that may generally just be used in one TV spot and really use it across uh, social, across all of our digital advertising efforts, much more value than, than otherwise used. The other thing we can do is be a little bit more... Um, clever or strategic in what that actual video is. You know, sometimes you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to produce, to highly produce a TV spot where you can do a lot of video shot right from your iPhone these days, edited on your laptop and produce a pretty compelling video and produce series of videos. Um, especially they can be incredibly short on some of our platforms. So it gives you a lot of flexibility to fit it to your budget and to fit it to your audience. Let's not overlook the trackability, right? Absolutely. So on television, on a large broadcast media network, what kind of reporting could I expect out of that 30-second or 60-second spot that I spent thousands upon thousands of dollars to produce? What kind of reporting could I really expect? It's typically fairly generalized. It's a lot based on... Um, behaviors in that hour of television. It's a lot of demographic information, and it's it's fairly vague. It's the, this many people typically watch this show. We usually expect this amount of penetration with that. You'll get a lot of anecdotal information of how oh, I worked with a client before, and they said that their sales went up 25% when they were running TV spots. It's hard to put an actual number on it. That's not to say it doesn't work. There is absolutely some lift there, um, it's just hard to put an actual ROI on it a lot of times. So let's assume that if I'm placing, if I have the ability to produce a high quality 30 to 60 second spot, 
and purchase the time on a television station or a broadcast network that what I'm really doing is painting with a broad stroke. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm reaching the people they believe they're reaching. Um, I'm reaching the demographic they're reporting on, perhaps anecdotally, but, but also scientifically. Absolutely. Right? But I'm getting, I'm getting for my dollars a very, very high-level kind of branding message. And that's, that's really what 60 seconds in your life will do for you. If you have um, repetition in that and you see it a couple of times, your recall will be strongest between seven and nine repetitions. And for our smaller clients, it's really tough to compete in that market. Absolutely. Not to mention the fact that so much of TV is consumed either from an online sling YouTube TV or it's DVR these days, um, or you're consuming it online in some behavior that it's a lot easier to push through commercials these days than it used to be. And that's also a time when a lot of people have phones in their hands. Right. Like the last, I mean, and maybe I'm outing myself here and I don't, well, What's a podcast for? If yeah, you're not going to out yourself, right? But for me, you know, the last um, show or the last television experience I had live was the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and I was watching the Super Bowl. I mean, look at my business, right? So I was watching the Super Bowl for the commercials. Sure. Not, <laughs> I know that you watch it yeah, for something you else. The huge Patriots I, fan. <laughs> you watch it for the football. <laughs> I watch it for the commercials. But um, regardless, it takes all kinds, right? Absolutely. And that's what they're banking on. (laughs) That's what they're banking on. Recognizing that we are all consuming that media very, very differently than we did 10 or 15 years ago. But the reporting hasn't changed in that amount of time. It's the exact same kind of reporting, the exact same kind of demographic measure. And I'm getting information from the television stations or the broadcast media networks that are very, very similar to what I saw. 10 or 12 or 15 years ago. Now, social media is a very different medium. Absolutely. But you already have this highly produced 30-second commercial or 60-second commercial. What do you do with it? Like, let's let's not buy the big dollar spot and then let it disappear. Absolutely. Right. So what do we do now? The nice thing is you can really get to that frequency number that, you know, we talk about with what it takes to sort of retain that information. You can reach it much easier on social, not to mention the fact that we can find your customers with a lot more specificity than mm-hmm. anywhere else. Well, and, and even better, you can find them regardless, regardless of whether or not you use a big name agency or... A, a shop that just is a is a one man shop that helps you to do some of your placement, whatever it is that your particular marketing budget will allow, you can find these people Absolutely. in social. You can find people connected to your page. You can find friends of people connected to your page. You can place easily place a pixel on your site and find people similar to people visiting your site. You can run through and say, "I'm interested in people who show an interest in shoes." There are a million different things you can do to find that person and really control your audience size. If you know that you're a very localized business, people aren't going to drive more than 10 or 15 minutes outside of their home to get to you. You just put that limit right on 15, you know, 15 mile radius. If you're a, you know, one in a million in that area, you can make it a lot wider. So you can really control the size of your audience, which will help control that spend as well. And one of the things that we, you know, from from a marketing agency perspective, one of the things that we recommend is that 
when building an audience, you begin with the geography that makes the most sense for your business and then refined based on contextual targeting components or behavioral targeting components. What that means is you begin with the geography and you understand that your audience is X number large. And then you can refine it even further to more closely match your budget by more readily defining those characteristics of those individuals or finding those that look like them. And the nice thing is, the more that you serve your ad and you serve those videos, the more you'll understand who your audience is. I can't tell you how many times we've worked with someone and we ask, who is your target demographic? What does your customer look like? And they get pretty close, but then we start running the campaign and we say, it's actually a little older than you thought. You know, you weren't giving yourself enough credit. So there's nothing like checking that information on, you know, against yourself. And that will help you know for the next time. The nice thing is with any type of campaign, it's always tweaking it. It's never perfect. So you always want to be open to whatever the market is telling you. Smarter tomorrow than you were today. Absolutely. Right? Back to what kind of got us started on this topic, right, is our, our blog entry on mlivemediagroup.com about marketing spend versus consumption. Let's talk about that consumption number, right, and, and the difference. Yes, TV is a big part of marketing spend still. Um, those big money brands, they are tearing through those marketing dollars in the major media networks. But individuals still are not consuming in that way. Um, the way that we all consume information, that we all consume data, that we all consume marketing messages has changed dramatically, not just in the last 10 years, but in the last 15, 20 years since the television heyday, right? So thinking about how I consume data uh, or I consume marketing messages on a second, third, or maybe even fourth screen while I'm watching, let's say, the Super Bowl, right? The mm -hmm. last time that I watched TV live. Um, it really has changed dramatically. So think about um, the difference between that buy, that 60-second buy during the Super Bowl, just how much it costs to produce and how much it costs to purchase that time, right? Which is really just rented time. Mindshare. Let's talk about the difference between what they actually bought a 60 second spot versus what's available in social. So the the 15 second, the nine second, the six seconds, what are they for, Anne? There are so many different placements within the social space. Um, the predominantly popular ones that we see a lot of people spending money on very easily are Facebook and Instagram. Not only are they owned by the same place, but you can use the same ad manager to place your ads. It's really easy to take a Facebook post and turn it into an Instagram ad and vice versa. Um, within those platforms, there are so many different placements you can use. There's Instagram stories versus Instagram feeds. There's Facebook Messenger, Facebook Marketplace. So really what, it can be overwhelming at first. And what it takes is taking a step back and thinking, how does this fit, how does this fit me as a consumer? Um, and you want to make sure that Instagram stories, creative and messaging is a little different than the video that you're putting out on Facebook. So Instagram stories, for example, is that nine second video we talk about. Your average watch view, view time, I'm sorry, on that is usually one to two seconds, which seems daunting to a lot of people say like, oh my gosh, is that even enough? Absolutely. It just means that you have to use your creative differently and you need to hit them a few more times, but they're incredibly successful. We have a lot of really good click-through rates there versus a 15, maybe 30 second video on Facebook where people 
are it's auto playing perhaps within their feed. You're catching them in a scrolling kind of fashion. Um, so you have a lot of flexibility to take a 30 second spot and use it across the board in a lot of these different ways. Awesome. So um, from a creative perspective and my role being managing our creative team, but also um, really being responsible for the MLive Media Group brand as well as the brands for our clients, one of the things that we share with our clients is make sure that logo placement is early in that spot. If they're only getting that two or three seconds, right, it needs to appear right away. And even better, in Instagram stories or Facebook stories where you're, where you're swiping up, right, to, to take further action, can that logo be hovering around that swipe up point so that they're, they see it the moment they are um, taking action either to move forward in the stories or to move up and into your own brand um, kind of real estate. Absolutely. And we also talk a lot about no slow starts. You know, when you only have someone for a second or two, which is not that much long, not much shorter than what you're getting on a long-term Facebook video, you want to make sure you're not doing this sort of romantic fade in. You're hitting people right away. You're talking to people about quick cuts. You're seeing something really compelling so that they either take the action right away or they sit and wait a little bit longer or see other versions of your ad. Let's talk for a second about pre-roll. Um, you know, pre-roll tends to be those six or 15 second spots, right? You can buy uh, for a little bit higher premium. You can purchase that non-skippable 15 second spot, or you can purchase the six, the 15 that's skippable after six, or you can purchase the six. And all of these are, um, they're different rates, right? They're, they're going to be different rates because they're used for different purposes. And you can have fun with this. There's been some really exciting 15 second ads that just die off after that six second mark. And you realize after a while, like what it is that they're doing. They're mm -hmm. maximizing the front end of that video so that they get the person who's forced to watch them. We call that interruptive video, right? So they're forced to watch or they're making a joke about uh, the experience after that skippability. So you're almost rewarded for hanging out a you're little longer. You're the that hung out. Yeah, you were the one that didn't <laughs> skip. <laughs> right. And it's always fun to see uh, brands doing something that's really innovative or funny in that kind of space. So 15s or 6s, but of course the stories, Instagram and Facebook stories at 9 seconds really are all very effective. Absolutely. And there's so many different approaches. I mean, like you're saying something funny, some, you know, we have some clients that are tourism and so it's really beautiful imagery, catches the eye. I mean, movement, you know, we could talk a little bit about the audio to go along with that, mm -hmm. you know, keeping in mind how you consume media generally, especially in a story setting, you're checking at work, you're checking in line at the grocery store and you don't want some really interruptive audio. So you're thinking more, the audio should enhance your experience if you do turn it on, but it shouldn't be required in order to get the full message. Right. So your visual is the most compelling, most important thing. Secondary to that is your audio. And if you turn it on, if you choose to turn it on, it should add something, but it shouldn't need to be there in order for somebody to get the message. Absolutely. Okay. So we've talked about um, the purpose of television versus, versus other uses for video. And we've talked about uh, what a mom and pop shop might do versus a big money brand. And we won't name any names. We'll just say that, right? Um, we've talked about some practical applications and where to place those videos in different lengths and how to treat the creative inside of them. 
let's move on to managing the data, like managing the data, the reporting. What, what am I looking at? And like, what do I get? That's, that's the next step of something that can be incredibly daunting. And there are a lot of levels to it, whether you're doing it yourself or you're working with an agency, what you're consuming in terms of that information may be vastly different. Um, one of the first metrics we always look at is just sheer number of video views. So you want to make sure that you're spending at a pretty efficient rate. You don't want to be spending um, too much per video. And that number is going to fluctuate depending on what your budget is. One of the That's usually an indicator of either the video content isn't as strong as it could be mm-hmm. if it, that number is too high or your audience isn't as relevant as it needs to be. And the platform has to work extra hard to find people who want to watch the video. Well, and that brings um, into this conversation about managing data um, how, when do you optimize? So I'm spending too much on my video per view, and it's evident to me that I am. What are the first things, Anne, that you look at when you're trying to make adjustments there? Like, ooh, this client is spending a little, they're just a little high. Yeah, I usually, you don't want to optimize too quickly is one of the big things. You know, so often, especially when we're really, really excited about a, a campaign, you see it in the first day and you want to make adjustments to make it even better one of the best things you can do is let it sort of hit its stride before you make too many adjustments. And you want to make adjustments slowly and deliberately so that you're able to test how much change that had actually made. Mm -hmm. So I try not to optimize within the first week, sometimes two weeks, if it's a really long-term, you know, branding campaign. And then after that, if I'm seeing that the cost per result, so in this case, cost per video view is too high, that's usually an indicator to me that the audience isn't as relevant as it should be. There are a million different things you can do to test that. I mean, you can talk about the geo getting wider or tighter. You can look at some of the detailed targeting you're using in terms of interests and behaviors and demographics. Or a lot of the time what we're doing is trying to implement a pixel or a CRM to make sure that our starting place is as relevant as it can be. Great point. Also, from the creative perspective, um, we always, in, in our creative team, we're talking about launching any campaign with more creative than is really necessary. And the same is probably true for video. So looking at um, multiple video types or multiple video lengths, and then understanding which one is performing the best, which one came the closest to um, the right spend that you were looking for, and then doing more of that, right? So which one performed the best from not just a click-through perspective, but also the spend per view perspective, and did we get the audience just right Uh, Looking at all of those different factors, emulating the one that's performing the best with future creative. So pulling out those things that aren't performing as well and adding more that looks a lot like those that are performing really well for you. So you talked about what you do as an agency, right? As a representative Mm -hmm. of our agency here at MLive Media Group, talking about what you are looking for. Mm -hmm. But what if um, a mom and pop who doesn't have help doing this, like, what would you recommend they look at first for themselves, right? We know what we look at and sure. try to try to optimize to, but how can someone who can't afford an agency, how can they do that? The big metrics to look at that will give you enough information to just deem success, not success, are total number of views and average time um, spent viewing it. So you want a lot of what you can do with that is benchmarking across the national averages. So depending on the placement, that number of average time on the video can change dramatically. As we're saying with some of those nine-second videos, 
it's usually just over one second is average. So if you have that or more, it means you're doing a great job and people are watching your video. If you have a little less, you might need to tweak your targeting as well as the sheer number of views. You know, it, it's hard when you're first doing that because you don't have anything to benchmark it against. But as long as that number is increasing at a steady rate and you're not hitting some plateau, you're doing a fine job. Mm -hmm. And all of this, all of this applies to all advertising that you're doing in the social media space. But today we're really talking about video. Absolutely. So if you're generating your own video and you are a small location who is not working with an agency and you're looking to do this yourself, you absolutely can create this material using your iPhone. You absolutely can edit it using an online app that you find that's free. There's no reason that you need to overspend on the production of this. Test the market, test your own audience, understand who they are, and use these use these test cases as experiments, right? Absolutely. Form your hypothesis and then adjust to what's really true. Absolutely. It can be a real opportunity for you to, you always have a sense of the personality of your business and what your customers enjoy, but the more you do it, you'll have raw data that will show you what they respond to. And, you know, it may surprise you. It may surprise you platform to platform. It may surprise you in general, but it allows you to make smarter decisions moving forward, whether that is continuing to produce these things on your own, whether that's bringing a staff member on board to help you do those things or working with an agency. It's interesting because working inside of an agency like ours and watching the search volumes change from marketing agency to marketing consultancy has been really interesting. Like dramatic depletion around marketing agency. People aren't looking for a great big name to help them. They're looking for what do I need in the person that I'm going to hire? And I think that's an important distinction. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of folks that we advise, that we help consult with, that just to make the work that they do for themselves better. Yeah, they just need a partner. Yeah, so look for a partner. Um, look for someone who has um, experience in the social media space and really understands what to look for, as Anne recalled, for everyone, that click-through rate versus the view time, uh, making sure that that spend is appropriate, and someone willing to experiment. That's, Absolutely. That's who you want to hire. Yeah, and I think making sure that you're – you're in it for the long run. You know, it, it's easy to get scared off if you, you know, you have to optimize over a long term. And we see it with clients of any size is, you know, you want everything to be perfect at first and you want these results, you know, revenue right away and crazy amounts of traffic to the site. And it's just not realistic. You need to be able to be comfortable saying this is where we're starting and we're going to make slow and deliberate adjustments to it to make sure that in the end, not only is it performing at its capability, but we can replicate this for the years to come. Mm -hmm. Experimental, but purposeful Absolutely. about your experiments. Okay, so we talked a little bit about data, um, reporting, what we look for as an agency, but what you also should look for um, as someone who does not work with an agency. Now, let's suggest that someone works with an agency. What, should, what kind of questions should they be asking their agency about the performance of their creative? So Particularly of, for video. Sure. Right? One of the big things to clarify, and some of this takes a little bit of self-reflection, um, is this idea of click-through rate versus video views. So in the social space especially, depending on how you're producing the video, there your benchmark for success could be, I want to show this video that's going to drive people to my site, or it could be, I want to show this video because we want to show who we are 
and we'll find them with other videos and it's you know it's a little more high level awareness type video when you're working with an agency being able to make sure that the metric that they're reporting to you matches where you envision your goal if it's a traffic related if your video is solely to drive traffic you want to make sure that you're not being inundated with simply view information um, a lot of the other questions can be about frequency and what that perfect amount is in order to get that penetration and also the the cost per per video view mm -hmm. from my perspective and being responsible again for creative um, I I believe that you should be asking your agency what they were hoping to convey in the images that are shown on the screen so what were they hoping to convey and does that ring true for you as the person who knows your business best you are the person that can kind of gut check the work that they're doing I expect that as a as a creative director I expect our clients to kind of gut check to make sure that I've done a good job with the authenticity of their brand and that I'm telling the story as they would tell it themselves that's a critically important component and it's often overlooked we've talked about um, you know, we've thrown back to our blog on mlivemediagroup.com about marketing spend versus marketing consumption and how it's changed and hopefully this podcast has provided some tips for those who are working with agencies or those who are doing it themselves what to look for how to craft their creative and how to place video into social um, but some final thoughts right like don't give up TV if it's the right thing for your brand if it's the right thing for your strategy don't give up television but recognize that that television spot should be filling the top of your funnel it shouldn't be creating conversions for your brand truly because you are painting with a very very broad stroke in television um, and it's truly about uh, frequency and the delivery of that message and how much they can recall your brand so don't give up TV if it's right for your strategy and your brand but make sure that you make good decisions knowing all the facts about how marketing consumption has changed over the course of the last decade and how individuals are watching video now um, we don't watch TV the way we once did that that has Long changed <laughs> yeah that that experience is gone so make sure you're making great decisions knowing all the facts so I'm Ann Drummond and I am our um, director of creative advertising sales it's a fairly new title I have to think about it and <laughs> this is nice Ann Cook <laughs> and this is Ann Cook and I'm the social media strategist and it's it's just a delightful afternoon that we get to spend together and with you uh, doing this podcast for everything is marketing thanks so much thank you